It's Thanksgiving! And we celebrate Thanksgiving by consuming lots and lots of turkey. On this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, we consume our own version of turkey. Movies that are so bad that they're good, and movies that are just plain bad. Or as we refer, refer to them as turkeys. On this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to our Thanksgiving special. <laughs> Hello, of Attack of the Killer podcast. I am Insane Mike, your gracious host, and we are going to be talking about bad movies. You love this episode a little too I, much. I do. Yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, like, <laughs> I created a list of titles that we don't we didn't all have to adhere to but just like some common ground for us to talk about if people wanted to do some homework and i'll tell you i had more fun watching movies for this episode than i've had in a long long time oh god (laughs) (laughs) this was definitely the hardest homework assignment just saying just saying i I think you mean best oh god (laughs) uh but we'll get to all that here shortly. First, it's time to introduce everybody to the podcast crew. And much like the movies in this episode, my jokes are kind of the same. <clears throat> First up, he was in charge of baking bread for our Thanksgiving feast, but he changed his mind because he said the job was too crummy. Sam Hayes, everybody. <laughs> How you doing, folks? Next, he was in charge of the sweet potatoes, but he sat on them, so now he's serving squash instead. Dustin Neal! Yes, yes. Hey, everybody! Before dinner... Wait, before dinner was served, he ate all the candles around the table because he wanted a light snack. Brian Clark! Oh, hi, listeners. Don't worry about it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's cooking the turkey, and it's the only time of year she doesn't care when people talk about her breast and thighs. Terry Turford. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the one Always. cooking? Cause, <laughs> sexist. Because of the breast and thighs joke. That's duh. the only reason. Yeah, I know. It's alright. Hey. And I, do, and I don't really have a uh, clever intro, but I'm going to say this bad joke. If pilgrims <laughs> were alive today, what would they be famous for, Jason? What? their age. Jason Bollinger, everybody! <laughs> hey! <laughs> That's the weirdest intro ever. <laughs> I know, was, but I like that joke. At least it's fun. That's right up in there with the red paint joke, in my opinion. Yay! You know, uh, before we start, I have a confession to make here. Um, Uh-oh. I used to be addicted to Thanksgiving leftovers, but I managed to quit cold turkey. Ah, <laughs> yes! Yes! Let's, let's just do a whole episode of bad, bad Thanksgiving jokes. That's what this is. <laughs> okay. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Cool. You ready to talk about some awesomely bad movies? Always. Not quite yet! 
Not quite yet, because we got to do, it's time for some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. Our top story tonight, Evil Dead Offic- the Evil Dead official mobile game launches on the iOS and Ashley Williams is upset since you need two hands to play. <laughs> Have you guys heard about this? No. Boom Dash Digital proudly launches Evil Dead Endless Nightmare to official mobile games on the iPhone and the iPad. So I'm not going to play it. Um, and from my understanding, it came out in October. And it's based on the remake. But I didn't really read too much about uh, gameplay or anything like that. Was Didn't know if you guys had heard anything else about it or not. I've not. Oh. Mike breaks video game news? Boom! Schooled. Well, mobile. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it doesn't count? Well, no, it's, it counts. It's just that it's, uh, it's not on my radar, really, if it's on mobile. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right, uh, next up in the news, big news for all you Attack of the Killer Podcast fans. Attack of the Killer Podcast joins the Phantom Podcast Network. And you can, which has got tons and tons of great uh, horror-themed shows on there that you should check out. And you can check them out at downrightcreepy.com. What else do I need to say about this, guys? Well, what is it, Mike? It's a site. It's a new podcast channel. A new podcast channel for the horror fans. That's right. We are now part of. Now, you'll still be able to get our show through our Normal normal means, but this is just another avenue that you can you can get us through as well. And I believe through I they. Download through iTunes and Stitcher, correct? And no. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, that's right. SoundCloud, not Stitcher. <clears throat> and it's exciting to be part of part of a network family again. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, way back in the beginning, thirty-seven years ago, when we started this, uh, we we were part of a network, and it was really fun and really cool. And met a lot of good lifelong podcast friends through that network. Totally, and we're super <clears throat> excited. Uh, again, for the same, we got there's ten other shows on the nine or ten other shows in this network of cool folks, and I'm sure Michael listened to them all <laughs> before the weekend's over. <laughs> all of the back catalog and everything, cause probably it's addicted. That's what I do. Uh, hopefully, we'll make some new friends and just have different. So we want you to check out their shows because we want them to tell <laughs> them up their fans about us. So That's right. That's right. So, yeah, give them a listen. And speaking of shows from that, uh, other shows from that network, one of them is called Horror Scouts. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to listen to the show yet, so, you know, I hope to get to that soon. <clears throat> but they um, they asked us to kind of help them out with an episode. Uh, upcoming, they're, they're recording an episode on November 28th about movie trailers. And apparently some of the uh, crew from Horror Scouts... Uh, our professional movie trailer makers. 
so they're well versed in that in that field. So they are asking the listening audience the que- um, asking for you guys to come up with questions that you have about movie trailers. Um, you know, like a- anything. If you want to talk about the technical side of things or what kind of crazy decisions going into making a movie trailer, you know, what's with the fascination of doing a quick shot of something and fading it back to black, you know, crappy techniques like that, um, or whatever. Um, but it sounds like it'll be a fun episode about movie trailers and it'll only be made more amazing with your great questions. So you can ask your questions at Horror Scouts. Uh, at gmail.com so send your questions there about movie trailers we also did an, another short little piece for a, another podcast on the network the the horror cast they're doing a big awards ceremony at the end of the year episode and they asked other podcasts to help present an award and we got the honor of presenting the best costumes award mm-hmm. so and that's based solely on my fashion sense. Oh, God. If only. There weren't any uh, Hawaiian shirts <laughs> in any of those movies. <laughs> but anyway, so you can check out the horror cast. Their big, uh, what they call the episode? The Hecademy Awards? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, check out their episode to hear us and our little bit. Do you remember when they said that one no. was going to? Okay. Sometime in the future. Gotcha. <laughs> So you can check both of those shows out on on the uh, Phantom Cast Podcast Network. Again, that's downrightcreepy.com. Cool. So all that's out of the way. Let's talk about some movies. Where to begin? Where to begin? Man. I'm, I look at this list that I have created and... I'd like to start with this one. No, we'll start with this. One. No, we'll start with this one. I I kind of I kind of want to get this one out of the way because it's the freshest in my head because I watched it last night. I put it on the list because I found it on YouTube and then I couldn't find it again. And I had just about given up when uh, Dustin like resp- responded on Slack about like how awful it is. I'm like, where'd you find it? And <coughs> he sent me the link, but that is um. The movie Feeders 2, Sleigh Bells. <laughs> uh, did anybody else get a chance to watch it besides Dustin and myself? I did not. I Once I, I looked it up on YouTube and I saw a picture of, I think it was Mark Polonia. Yeah. I immediately recognized him and knew what it was because I... I'm familiar with the Polonia Brothers stuff, and I wanted yeah, me to watch. Too. That's why I picked I, it. Yeah. And I wanted to watch the first one and some of their other stuff, and I, I just never did get around to it. So. Don't need to watch the first one. <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. I, <laughs> um, yeah, because I had seen. Um, gosh, dang it! Which Splatter Farm? I think was one of their earlier films. And I've been kind of fascinated with them, too. It's good to know that it's like 30-some years later and they still rock in those porn stashes. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And he still and they still have not gotten any better at acting or directing, really. So, uh, Dustin, uh, tell us a little bit about Feeders 2 Sleigh Bells. 
Well, it's uh, about a family on Christmas Eve. They um, they do all their Christmas stuff, and aliens come down and, and start killing human beings, and that's pretty much it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of character development, but I, um, but yeah, that that's pretty much the movie. <laughs> aliens come to Earth, they start chomping on people and they make the worst noise ever but that's oh yeah how's it go <laughs> the whole fucking time <laughs> but I, seriously though we that was probably a good impression sh- though that sounds just like it seriously <laughs> oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure the people at home are taking off their headphones right now um <laughs> we really shouldn't judge it too much because it feels like um, a movie that I, I've seen a lot of like friends make, and uh, you know, like independent movies like this. Well, that- uh, it's it's a lot of inspiration as well, uh, just because you're like, oh man, like I want to make a movie. <laughs> you know, like I, I know it can be a little better than this. So I mean, there's there, there's a hundred things going on, like emotion wise, with this movie, but yeah. Here's the thing, though, like, I, I, I'm on your page, because first of all, for those who haven't seen it, it's shot on video, and, you oh, know, they, they, some, some moments you get some great hiss noise from the, from the camcorder, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, everything looks like shit, and, um, <clears throat> and, and I can, and I love those type of movies, I really do, um, and you could be forgiving because of the passion of wanting to make movies, like you said, but this is probably their 10th or so film, and they haven't gotten any better. <laughs> Not a single anything better. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, Splatter Farm is just as horrendous as, as this movie is. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Yes, which is the only other one I've seen of theirs, the Splatter Farm. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it. <clears throat> they're not good movies. They're not good filmmakers. I I still get a kick out of it because it's you know it's like a train wreck, it's a car accident. But it really is. <laughs> yeah, and you know the guy's wife. Well, first of all, the guy with the cheesy mustache, the father. That's one of the directors, Dustin. Okay, all right. Yeah. And they star in all of their films. And during all those crazy flashback scenes with that guy that telling the story, which you assume is part one, but has no connection to part two, so why are we even bothering yes. flashing back to all this? Um, if you thought, well, why is the guy in the flashback, uh, and and then why is he here and he doesn't know the, doesn't know the alien? No, that's his twin brother. They're twin brothers. And um, they both always star in their movies. So in the flashback, which I'm assuming is all part one, was the twin brother. And in part two is the other brother playing this father. So I was thinking that. Like, why the fuck is he there and doesn't remember? And I thought maybe it might explain some kind of deja vu. I guess I was reaching for too much story at that point. But, like, it's... Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. And I didn't know that. So that's... Uh, a they should explain that. Come on. Well, it, well, yeah, exactly. But what, what is, what is, what I, I would love to have sat there with you and watched it because going into the movie, I knew that they were twins, so I knew those were two totally different set, separate people slash characters. Um, but 
if you're watching this movie blindly, especially without ever seeing Feeders 1, you're thinking that all these flashbacks are going to come into play. Especially when it gets into that part where it talks about how like the aliens cloned him. Yeah. And he thinks he killed the clone. And so you're waiting for this maybe reveal at the end that the, the father of this family is really the alien clone or something. Yeah. And no, it's, it's just completely unrelated. That wouldn't have redeemed it, but I mean, it would have been better than what it was. Yeah, well, it would have shown some effort in the writing, anyway. Yeah, because there's no, there's none. Like, <laughs> uh, uh-uh. like the dialogue is some of the worst dialogue. When'd you get me for Christmas? <laughs> oh God, I'm this, trying to think of my favorite line. Oh, I, oh gosh, that's tough. Uh, one of my favorite moments is when they're sitting on the couch, the kids are in bed and the lights are off and and the husband and wife are sitting on the couch talking and and he's like, Oh, I'm just I'm so tired And she's like, Me too. Maybe you can unwrap your Christmas present early and he's like, Feet don't fail me now yes. and they they both <laughs> start upstairs and I'm giving probably more acting chops in my delivery of those lines than what they did. Oh yeah, Oscar worthy for you, for sure. <laughs> Compared. So I've seen bad acting before, but still understanding what those words are supposed to mean in context of what's happening. In that moment I wasn't sure. The delivery was so bad I'm like what he's got she's gonna give him a present yeah yeah i, I didn't understand it was all like a thing for sex you know because yeah. <laughs> the delivery was so stilted the uh the, oh yeah santa claus makes an appearance so what? <laughs> fucking santa claus gets shot down by the alien mothership right and they team up which would look sounds funny sounds exciting right no it's not it's it's dog shit. Like it's bad. Well, it's, it's bad. the Santa Claus getting knocked knocked out of the sky is like forced into the third act of the film, and then the Santa Claus versus the Martians uh, standoff there at the end is like the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah, and he just appears with a ray gun for some reason because he's Santa Claus and starts killing all these all these little bad alien puppets. Yeah. And these are the worst freaking, a- literally the worst freaking aliens you can imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even, I, I can't tell what they're made out of, but, yeah, they, they're not very mobile, and, uh... They're it, made out of clothes hangers <laughs> and duct tape spray-painted gray. Yeah. And the aliens are different in this one than they are in the first one. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. I mean, not that not that it was, like great looking aliens in the first one but right. they looked better than that <laughs> they did like the the main alien that you see throughout this movie is just like this like wadded ball with a mouth and eyes on it yeah that don't move that don't open up and down although they do have other shots of a mouth but it's just like a real close up on teeth chomping up and down so mm-hmm. i mean it's nothing nothing exciting really <laughs> And the whole the whole Santa Claus thing, I freaking love because it's just so one. It's so out of the blue, and it and it just does it such a tonal shift for the with the. I'm like, did they decide they wanted to go a different route with the movie? 
Because, like, the tone of the movie doesn't make any sense. Like, they try to play the alien stuff as, like, scary and and intense. I mean, it's not. But, you know, with the music and the way they do things, you know, it, it kind of sets up to be that it's going to be that way. But then there's, there's, like, sight gags with the aliens. Like, when the guy's driving down the street and hits a puddle of snow or whatever, slush, yeah. and, it, and it covers the alien which you assume is supposed to be for comedy. It's not funny. And when you cut back to the wide shot of the car driving down the street, there's obviously no snow anywhere. But, <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, we could, we could talk all day about continuity errors and issues with the movie. Oh, yeah. There, there's never a real good uh, point where you can determine how many aliens are on Earth. I mean, it's just... No, you know, you know, four or five, twenty. I mean, you can't tell. They're all over the place, and they're killing people that have no lines, uh, like the preacher that, at, at the church. Who I just... forgot. A... I watched this movie last night. It's only an hour and twelve minutes long, and I had forgotten all about the preacher character. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. nothing. I mean, he he gets killed by the alien. He gets dragged down to the basement twice because he hears a noise, and then they kill him. But he has zero lines. He doesn't say anything. So what they should have called this movie is like walking to the basement slowly because that happens uh. <laughs> like six times in this movie. It does. <laughs> Definitely does. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's... I give that one two turkeys. <laughs> you guys can determine what that means. <laughs> oh, that would make for a great Everything Horrible episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, well, see, I, I don't think I can pick on it like that. I mean... We can pick on it here, but like, like I said, it, it's got that inspirational charm. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because you know it, they come, it, they those guys come from that era of '80s filmmakers that were really trying to do something with video, like like true true guerrilla filmmakers that actually managed to get their work out there. Which is amazing, mm-hmm. and and apparently, a lot of those guys know each other because John um, John McBride is in this movie, and he's the he's the director of Cannibal Campout and Woodchipper Massacre. So, <laughs> which those movies are awesome. And I, but I'm not sure who he was in the movie. Maybe he was the guy the guy telling the backstory of the first movie. I can't, I'm not really sure. Because I never really knew what the guy looked like before. But. Yeah. Anyway. Feeders 2. Sleigh bells. <laughs> You're welcome, Dustin. No oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'll take. I'll chalk it up as experience, I guess. <laughs> but at least it was only an hour and 12 minutes. It didn't feel like an hour and 12 minutes. <laughs> like an hour and eternity. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> All right, um, uh, Brian. What movie do you want to uh, discuss? Oh boy. Uh, <clears throat> well, the one I probably took the most notes on because I wasn't sure if anyone else reviewed yet a chance to watch it or not is uh, Adam and Eve versus the Cannibals. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. <laughs> I really want to. Really want to. Well, all right, I'll, I'll go through it a little bit if you want. Otherwise, we can just skip on to something that other people have watched. No, let's hear about it. Well, it was written and co-directed by Enzo Doria and Luigi Russo, 
and five other writers, if you can believe the fact that it took seven people to come up with this bullshit, uh, they, primarily, <laughs> they primarily made sexploitation flicks, um, although Doria was also involved in a lot of Gialli. Uh, in the beginning, there was psychedelic rock music and a bunch of stock footage of volcanoes representing the creation of Earth, followed by the Garden of Eden, and eventually what appears to be a giant wad of brown dough heaves up out of the ground, and Adam <laughs> crawls out of it all covered in slime. Which I guess that's meant to represent, like, God forming man out of clay or whatever. Um, he eventually gets bored of wandering around the garden by himself, so he goes down to the beach and makes himself a companion out of sand. And uh, just when you think things are going to get weird, a rainstorm blows up and washes the sand away, and underneath is Eve. Uh, the devil, of course, tempts her to eat the apple, and apparently the knowledge of that particular fruit imparted was the fact that there was more than one sex position, and God is not down with doggy style. So, so they're banished by stock footage of storms and earthquakes, and a really shitty rear-projected stop-motion version of the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> that even though it's blown up in the rear projection behind them, looks tiny. Like, the, they just, the, the scale doesn't work. Uh, there's a bunch more wandering around, and then they spot some kind of pterosaur, uh, judging from its morphology, either a pterodactyl pterodactylus, excuse me, or a Ramphorhynchus, except ten times bigger than either of those species, because no one is scared of an animal that could get beaten up by a chicken. And and who wants to do five minutes of research that it would take to find a picture of one of the many pterosaurs that could have easily been able to kill and eat an adult human? So once it turns from a fairly cool stop-motion creature to an embarrassingly mangy hand puppet, Adam strangles it to death and rips its guts out, which are real meat in true Italian fashion, uh, and they have food. After some business with some cavemen that doesn't really go anywhere, Adam and Eve get in a fight and split up. Uh, she wants to go into the forest where there will be food and shelter, and he insists that they go to the sea. Uh, she eventually finds what appear to be one of the tribes from Cannibal Holocaust with the serial numbers filed off, except this is the dawn of creation. <laughs> except that this is the dawn of creation and serial numbers hadn't been invented yet. So she hooks up with one of their warriors and things look like they're going okay until the titular cannibals attack. Uh, they're actually some kind of missing link ape people, and they look an awful lot like the Gelfs from Red Dwarf, if you guys have seen any of the episodes of that show that they feature in. Mm -hmm. Uh Adam has finished sulking around by this time and found Eve just as the battle ensues, so he and her new jungle warrior boyfriend tag-team the cannibals until they're all gone, and then they get in a fight over Eve, and the warrior kicks Adam's whiny ass and is about to kill him when Eve begs for his life and they wander off again. And she's so happy to be back with her simpering wuss of a man that she gets knocked up, and they almost split up again over the same argument they had before, until Adam's insistence that they reach the sea leads them right into the Ice Age, which fortunately only lasts for an afternoon, and then things <laughs> thaw out, and Adam trades some fish he caught for the secret of fire from the advanced agrarian community that spontaneously sprang into existence down the beach, and then Eve has her baby, and the first human... <laughs> And the first human being is born, except for the hundreds of other people they met during the movie. <laughs> Only in fucking Italy, folks. <laughs> yeah, no shit. This movie is amazing. Even though there's a lot of boring, stupid, wandering parts, it's so incredibly stupid and harebrained throughout that 
it's kind of hard not to be entertained. And there's this horrible, horrible, like, synth pop love song that plays over the Adam and Eve scene, like when they're, you know, making doe eyes at each other and stuff, and just, uh, yeah. Check this one out. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. And there, there's not, despite the fact that it's an Italian movie with the word cannibals in the title, there's really not as much gore as I was expecting there to be. There's a little bit when they finally actually fight the cannibals, and then uh, there's the part where he rips the, the pterosaur apart. But other than that, it's <laughs> it's not so much gory and just kind of dumb. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Sounds amazing. God, I love Italian films so much. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, when I was younger, like, pre, again, like, pre-being a horror fan, or maybe even slightly after being a horror fan, every time you would think, oh, Italian films, you'd think, like, these, like, you know, <clears throat> art art films or whatever, but, man, in our circles, man, Italian films are just, like, sleazy trash, exploitation, and, like... Bottom of the barrel stuff. Just love it. Just love it. Oh, Terry. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what movie do you want to talk about? I can't wait. I know. <laughs> so I didn't bring that one up. I was excited to hear her talk about it. I should just bring up something else so I so you guys can't hear me talk about that movie. Damn it. That's mean. <laughs> I know. I'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, I watched Mahakal. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, AKA Nightmare on Elm Street, Bollywood style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much the description of the <laughs> 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 um, It's like a nightmare. I mean, even major ripoff of. Wes Craven's uh, theme, like the inter- there's like a couple of intervals that are slightly different, but it is the same pretty much. It's the same um, notes in a different order. I, what it's, I love yeah. about what I love about these type of movies, the Bollywood ripoff movies and stuff like that, is is how things get lost in translation. Like they literally, it's they they literally like rip things off scene by scene. You get like the mm-hmm. body bag getting dragged down the hall and stuff, mm-hmm. but then there's like little elements that happen, which is obviously from the original movie, but it's not played for the same. You know what I mean? Like it, like it, as if they weren't didn't really fully understand what the point of oh, of yeah. those moments were, and that that's the stuff I get a kick out of, but. Well, I just, I mean, I ha- I'm not a Bollywood film expert by any means, but I've I've seen my share, and it just cracks me up, all the song and dance that gets infused into so many of their movies. Oh, like, this seems- has got to be one of the worst, because it doesn't it- even make any effing sense. It's oh, yeah, like, it's so-, so out of place. It's insane. <laughs> like, I don't, it's just, it's silly. <laughs> like, all of their, like, little beach romps and little musical interludes it's like what is happening yeah the one about them going they're going on their picnic that song and dance scene <laughs> yeah it's like am I, am I really watching a horror movie right now is this supposed to be a horror movie there's I, a musical yeah. number about a picnic there was one point like because you know the movie kind of opens with um she, is it anita is that the girl right mm-hmm. yeah she's being chased like in a very 
Freddy Krueger um, kind of setting, and it, it was very reminiscent of the original films. And then it like goes on this whole different path. And for a while after I was watching, I'm like, did it like change movies on my YouTube player? Like, am I still watching the <laughs> same? Is this the same thing? <laughs> but it was. It's just, it's very disjointed in places. It's weird. Just totally, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's... this movie is, is, is amazing. I thought it was fucking wonderful. Like, yeah. it was so good. And if you've ever, like, I, I didn't have a Bollywood expert watching it with me, but I had somebody who knows, who has seen some Bollywood, and I guess it was right on par with, with everything else that is played. I didn't have a problem with it following or uh, going differently than what the original movie was. To me, I felt like they were taking the parts they liked and adding those and then taking the parts they didn't like and changing it up. What I thought was really cool is that body bag scene was different. And that they drag it into not you know you know uh, into a boiler room, but uh, the complete opposite, like an ice block room. You know, like yeah. oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that was awesome. Uh, I thought you know they didn't try to uh, reinvent that first kill, and why would you in any other horror movie? No, I know what you. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Continue with the. Um, uh, the the first kill, um, I can't think of the character's name. Tina. Uh, yeah, Tina. Uh, you know, where she, in the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, she's, you know, she's stabbed and she's drug up to the ceiling and she's crawling on the ceiling. You know, this was different. This was, uh, you know, the gloves coming up through the floor and chopping her up and throwing a sheet over her. I thought the glove looked awesome, you know. Uh, just because it, it, it was different. I mean, it wasn't your rusty, gross-looking glove. It was like a shiny silver you know looking very dangerous type glove um the, the dance numbers are hilarious <laughs> i mean i like they, that was great and there are a lot of funny parts in it not because it's a different culture but because they're they're funny and they're trying to be funny oh yeah like well, the, the brothers aren't they aren't they in it aren't they the two guys that are that play like several parts the directors Oh, is that the director? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. I I thought it was the guy who plays Canteen. The guy who always dresses like Michael Jackson is playing all three of those parts. That's what I... Yeah, yeah, I thought it was all one actor. he keeps saying, like, I I don't know where all my father did his mischief. Because one guy is (laughs) Bengali and one guy is... uh, I forget, but I mean, they're from all different places. And I don't know. It almost was like, like, again, he is so... His whole character is so out of place in the movie, um, and he plays multiple characters in the movie for like like a, like for comedy. It's for comedy, yeah. And it almost made me think: Is this like a famous Bollywood comedian or something? You know, because because he's so like in your face in this movie. From and I laughed at those parts. Oh that's, yeah, that's definitely the vibe I got. Is that he's maybe a more well-known actor. Overseas. Did you, did you happen to grab that audio clip of him playing the hotel clerk going up and down, up and down? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was saying to Mike when I was watching the movie, like, you should get an audio clip of this guy's crazy line when he when he greets the kids at the hotel. But um, <laughs> perhaps this is just giving 
more credit than they actually put thought into the movie, but do you think it's possible that the canteen character dresses like Michael Jackson because of the glove connection? Because the, uh, I forget the Freddy analog's name, but his glove is like very gold and, and shiny and reflective. And it kind of looks like that glove that Michael Jackson wore sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that Michael Jackson is just very popular in that culture. Oh. <laughs> like, I shared a link of that Indian thriller video. Oh, which was awesome. Oh, right. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, that's classic. That yeah. is classic. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if it was just at the time that Michael Jackson had become really popular or. So it's just me reading too much into the crap that I watch. <laughs> Probably what you do. would be it's my like, guess. Supposed to do that. How, how cool is Wannabe Freddy's lair, though? With that big skull centerpiece oh, with the people on yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Like, that was awesome. Salvador Dali-looking thing. That Which is like the first image you see when the movie starts, and you're like, oh, wow, already I'm impressed. And then and then when the rip-off Nightmare on Elm Street music chimes in, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, it was. this is what I was expecting. What that reminded me of more than anything was the that one poster for the descent. Yeah, yeah. women shaped, you know, lumped together so that they kind of form a skull when they're backlit because it had like that big mm-hmm. centerpiece thing had people stuck to it, like forming the parts of the skull. Yep. But the first Nightmare on Elm Street isn't the only Nightmare on Elm Street movie they uh, rip off in this one. No, it's not. Because you get you get a bit a little bit of part two because she gets possessed by the Freddy character. Mm-hmm. You get part four in there with the waterbed scene. Um, what else did I? I there was more homages to the franchise, and I'm forgetting them now. They they do it all without Freddy having a personality at all. Like he yeah, says true. no lines. He just laughs the entire fucking time. Like, he doesn't say any lines. We just learn about him, which is completely different than the Freddy that... Well, not completely. Very similar. Yeah. But different. Uh, but he's not a personality. And they do the, and the entire movies like that. So he's just a, a, a dark figure that laughs, that tries to kill people in their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was a, a black... Like, the story is different, too. He wasn't a child molester, and I suppose that partially comes from the much more strict regulations of what they can and cannot show and say and do in movies over there, that that is probably a totally taboo subject. But you make him mm-hmm. some kind of weird Hindu black magician, and, you know, that's so he was, like, stealing kids to commune with the devil or something like that instead. Yeah. Buried alive. Mm. Yeah. Which doesn't explain why his face is all burned. No. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. I didn't even think of it. Just acne scars. Or why he's yes. wearing. Or <laughs> well, let's see. Pick at him with those fucking blades. So it's. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. How much fun do you think the stagehands had throwing those plastic skeletons at Anita in that second dream <laughs> sequence? <laughs> <laughs> Probably almost as much fun as I had watching it. Oh, <laughs> uh, some of those skeletons look bad, too. Like, you could go to a. You can go to a Walmart and buy a at Halloween time buy a more realistic looking skeleton than some of those. They had some good skeletons too, but the majority of those like ones that moved were really bad looking. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and you know, and and Brian and I talked about this a little bit on online after I watched it too about like 
do it, if their laws are stricter over there for the content you can put in films because there wasn't any nudity in this movie and it really seemed like they tried to push it as far as they could go but even still wasn't that far because that lead actress how many times did they spray her down with water for no apparent reason yeah, it's like, we can't show her boobs, but we'll put her in tight dresses and get her wet a lot. Yeah, and never once did she rock a nip during any of those moments. No, well, and is... I think that's just a cultural thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are very, very strict rules about yeah. that over there. And a lot of, um, also in, in Indonesian uh, film as well, they have some very, I think that might even actually be stricter than in India, I think, but... Uh, but they make up for it by being batshit fucking crazy, don't they? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But the but the part that got me the most that really really made me aware of like how, you know how much more it's got to be restricted over there is when she's possessed by Bolly Freddy, and um, <laughs> Bolly Freddy, and she goes over to that one guy that's been trying to rape her through the whole movie. Uh, he goes over to her to his house, and she's in that towel. Like that towel is cemented on, even so much so when <laughs> yeah, she's in the waterbed, like she's still rocking the towel and in, in, in under the waterbed. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was like a dress that they made look like a towel. <laughs> and he, he's not wrong because I was looking at it too, and it, you could see where it's it's not just a towel. It's like sewn. It's so it's sewn together. You yeah. can tell. Something weird I noticed in the subtitles. Uh when the dean of the college is breaking up that fight between Boss's gang and Prakash's gang when they're fighting over Anita, there's a really weird word choice uh in the subtitles and I'd, I you know I couldn't tell if he actually said it and it was a direct translation or not, but because um, I don't speak Farsi or whatever uh, dialect they were speaking in the movie. But he threatens that if they don't behave, they'll be rusticated from the school. That's what it said in the subtitles. You will be rusticated from school. Now, that word does not mean kicked out. It means to move or be sent to the countryside and made rustic. So he's either threatening not just to exp- or he's threatening not just to expel them, but to completely banish them from the city altogether. Whoa! Yeah, interesting. So get your shit together. <laughs> right. You're gonna uh, be fucking sheep in the sticks if you don't quit fighting on my campus, boy. <laughs> I also like how um, our two male heroes of the film had some awesome, massive kung fu skills. That's Hell yeah! I want to call that. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Chan, these dudes ain't. No, they're not. But it's not. It's not fist fighting brawl either, though. <laughs> it looks like the kind of kung fu the Polonia brothers probably think they do. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I have a question for everybody. I am so confused. Um... So the boyfriend of the lead girl, our quote-unquote Nancy character, her Johnny Depp, if you will, in this movie, are they also cousins? No. That's what I... I mean... <laughs> that is... I, I asked about that. That is a show of respect 
Okay. I was hoping it was a cultural thing yeah. that oh. he kept calling. Yeah. Kept what did he kept saying? Uncle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was hoping it was a cultural thing. I didn't think that there was going to be some Mike weird incestuous thing. He's like, this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> they're cousins and they're yeah. hooking up. <laughs> yeah, I was really worried about that too. They're, they're not too far away from being rusticated already then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's such a crazy movie. Uh, two hours. It's it's a long one. Could have been longer. I say that's short for a Bollywood movie. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's just... there, I have this on on the uh, DVD from Mondo Macabro, and it's a double feature. Wow. The other movie on it is <laughs> at least half an hour longer than this one. It involves some kind of orange yeti, and it's <laughs> so fucking bad that it made one of my friends like actually physically angry with me that I made him watch it. <laughs> So this is the good one of the two. <laughs> and going back to the cousins thing one more time, now I kind of want to hear somebody play dueling banjos on a sitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. The only thing I was waiting for ha- for it to happen was um, the Freddy character getting involved in one of the musical numbers. That would have been oh awesome. <laughs> No, they kept him very serious. Yeah, those, yeah. Those, all those close-ups on his eyes let you know he was serious. <laughs> that same <laughs> shot over and over. <laughs> that he was rock- his act, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. He rocked a sweet mullet, though. Mullet Freddy. Yeah, mullet Freddy. Somebody owes, owns this on DVD? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I kind of wish I did I know too. you want it. <laughs> Christmas presents for Mike, folks. Send them. Here's the thing, though. Like, I have not heard any... I mean, we're, we're, we're poking a lot of fun at it, but it sounds like everybody had a good time watching it. <laughs> Am I oh, right? yeah. That was the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's kind of good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's, it's in full on YouTube, if anybody Just... listening wants to check it out. Just some surreal fever dream of an alternate universe, Freddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so crazy. Very crazy. Cool. That means that soon you that now you guys are uh, primed for the works of Harinam Singh, who's like this super duper low budget version of this kind of stuff, and makes horror movies that just have people in like Halloween masks chasing each other around for two and a half hours. <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> right? <laughs> Brian owns them all. He'll let you buy them. <laughs> Sadly, those I don't own any of, but I know it. I'm pretty sure that at least Shaitani Dracula is on YouTube. So. Oh, my gosh. I'm writing it down. <laughs> if you could spell it. Yeah, I gave up already. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Sam, what about you? Haven't heard or or not. <laughs> Uh, no wonder I haven't heard from you in a while. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, Jason, do you have a movie you want to bring up? Oh, I uh, I just had a. Uh, it wasn't on your list. That's fine. I just had a movie that was so bad it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's because I, uh, you Terry and I watched it recently, and I fucking hated it. 
And it should have been so good. And it wasn't good. Black Christmas. Close. Oh, come on. It was holiday themed. It was called The Holidays. Oh, yeah. Or Holidays. Now, it's an anthology film. Right. There were parts of it that were all right. Yeah, like the credits. Whoa! Oh, what? You liked damn. more. Of I it liked than one. That. I liked one of the segments. You liked a couple. Uh, <laughs> but it makes me so mad. Or no, because yeah. the shitty ones were so shitty. Did the so the bad ones outweighed the good oh, ones? Oh, ten times. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else see this movie? Yeah, I, I rather liked most uh, of it. My, my favorite one was the Easter Bunny one. Yeah, I figured it would be. <laughs> I didn't care for it. Because it's but... fucked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That makes sense. The one with the, the, what was it, Mother's Day? No, not Mother's Day. Father's Day one? No. Tape recorder? The, well, that one was one of the best ones, although I was let down by the ending of it. Like, the whole setup of yeah. that one was freaking awesome. Agreed. Of her listening to that tape and following. Oh, yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was awesome. I just, I was so excited. <laughs> I just thought the ending was rather was was rather soft, yeah. kind of a letdown. Um, no, the one I really hated was the woman giving birth to a snake. That one. What was that? Saint Patty's Saint Day. Saint Patty's Day. Yeah. Patrick's Day. Sure. The uh, the one the Valentine's Day one wasn't too bad the kind of Carrie ripoff one I like that one yeah that was the first one right yeah yeah and Kevin Smith had Christmas with the um, concept was good con yeah not execution that was one of the better ones it's Kevin Smith the web yeah. oh yeah eh. but I also really liked uh. No wait, he, his was Halloween, not Christmas. I said Christmas. Yeah, it was Halloween. Uh, the, the Christmas one. The Christmas was fun. one I really liked was Seth Green. Yeah. Yeah, with the virtual reality thing. Although, like, I heard another review of Holidays, and they were poking fun at the Christmas one. They brought up a very good point. If, um, if the device gives you visions of only of of your desires or whatever your dreams then how can other people see it, and why was he worried about other people seeing it, and how did he see his wife's? Hmm. So, yeah, so there's that. Carpenter um, rule. Yeah, oh, there you go. Damn it. <laughs> I can forgive it. I can give it, uh, yeah, because I still thought it was good. Um, okay. Yeah, but the majority of it you disliked, huh? Yeah. 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 Like... <laughs> I don't know. Other maybe it was hyped up too much. I got too excited, or what? But yeah, I think I was just so excited because they kept promoting it as Kevin Smith being a big part of it, and I'm like, yes, this is awesome, woo! And then no, I was gonna watch that for the, you know, that came out this year, right? 2016. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That might be on the stinker list. Yeah, then. you need it for the bottom five for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you might like different parts of it than we did. I mean, there's a lot of different variety. It's on my list, so I'll still watch I mean, it. Brian liked that weird one that oh, <laughs> we didn't like. <laughs> weird. The best Easter Bunny one? Yeah. yeah. Fucking weird. Crazy. Yeah. 
That's why it's cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the Father's Day one was great though too. But I, it was. I, it, it. I mean, it suffers from any sort of, you know, the the Lovecraft syndrome. <clears throat> yeah. That it just you know the build up to, uh, you know, things that you cannot see or you will go mad and yeah, you, you can't actually see them. So it, you know, there there are ways to handle that. But when you're telling a story in like eight minutes, it's kind of hard to get around it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't even know what it like. I just saw it on Netflix one night and went, I don't have anything else going on and I'm going to watch a movie, so I guess I'll try this. I didn't even know it was an anthology movie when I started it. I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a. I did nice like surprise. how the the series of shorts ran through the holidays like you were going through the year. Like, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. You know, like you yeah, start with yeah. Valentine's Day and you end with Christmas. Like, they go in chronological order as they would in the year yep exactly i thought that was kind of neat too it took me oh about- well, there was oh there was a new year's one though too right that was the last one yeah and i don't remember that one at all that was the one with the chick from uh um uh, um freaking eli roth movies in it oh that's why i blocked it out of my head it was kind of <laughs> meh well, i just don't i just can't stand her <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thanks How come me. they don't have Hanukkah? They need a Hanukkah horror movie. That's true. Yeah. There wasn't anything. It somebody was all get, straight American holidays. Somebody getting stabbed with dreidels. Yeah. Say, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. With dreidel, I will slay. Nice. <laughs> nice. We're shooting that next week now. <laughs> what, you got the title. We're good. We're gold. So, Sam. Bad movies. What you got? Bad movies. Um, well, you were talking about Italian cinema earlier, and I watched a movie which I'm surprised I'd never seen before. It's called Burial Ground. (laughs) 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 Also known as The Zombie Dead in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's get into it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I almost feel like it shouldn't be on here because, like, I genuinely love this movie. Yeah, me too. It's, I mean, yeah, it's bad in a technical sense, and there's not really much story other than some <laughs> weird incest subplot, but <laughs> it's, it's fucking awesome, man. You know you're in for high-quality cinema when your zombies are made out of paper mache. <laughs> You think they were? They were. Nah, I'm kidding. I don't know what they were. They were really dry. I'll tell you that. They were. They didn't really... have the time and budget for paper yeah. mache. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that's what I love about them. And the, I think they're supposed to be like. What did they say? Like Etruscan. Yeah, they're zombies, they're which is like. Yeah. That was like an ancient Italian civilization. So these, they, you know. Honestly, they probably should be a lot drier than they actually are. <laughs> but uh but no, like I love just like dusty, dry, crumbly zombies with like and they've got like the linen shirts and they just look fucking badass. I think they were made out of old food. <laughs> <laughs> Stale cereal. <laughs> Some cornflakes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do kind of 
you know, some of them resemble Fulci zombies a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, there's one zombie in particular, which is pretty much a straight-up carbon copy of uh, that sort of poster zombie from yeah. Zombie, mm-hmm. the titular Fulci film. Um, but it's cool, though, because, like, like, every single zombie in this movie is very unique-looking. They're not... You know, they didn't come from the same mold. They're, like, very individual. Yeah. Which I love. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not a lot in the way of story, but it's just, it's very good-looking, like the sets, you know. That's the cool thing about, you know, European cinema in general, but maybe Italy especially, is that, you know, there's so many cool locations that you just can't get in the states you their know, shitty sh- alleys are better than our yeah. oh yeah <laughs> but it takes place in some kind of like mansion with like a garden I'm assuming this is like one giant estate pretty much yeah um, seems like it yeah. Europe yeah, is maybe- just oh go ahead oh go ahead I was <laughs> just gonna say Europe is littered with production value I mean, and you got you know, yeah. three thousand years worth of ruins and shit to shoot around. Who needs to build sets? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's even like in the beginning, I think you see like some kind of Flavian amphitheater kind of thing. It's just very cool looking. But yeah, I guess just to uh, try and summarize it real quick, like it starts out. There's like some professor dude, and he's like exploring some cave. I'm guessing he's, like, doing research on the Etruscans or something. (laughs) Like, he uh, somehow, you know, uh, 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 provokes these zombies, and they they attack him. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) I love what he says when when they appear. He's like, no, stand back. I'm your friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that's... (laughs) He tries to befriend them. Like, I don't know. That just struck me as funny. But yeah, I love I love the dummy in this because it's all like cheesy British, you know, dubbing. Which I mean, usually I have a hard time with dubbing, but here it works for some reason. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. Good, good, Dustin. What do you think of Burial Grant? I think you know what I think about burial. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this I I saw a, a lot of things heavily borrowed from Zombie, uh, for sure. Um, that like, fucking kid, guys. <laughs> he's he's not even a kid. I know. Like now, after you said that, I'm like, there's no. Oh my. Okay, well that makes sense. It's a it's a dude. He's a man. But holy shit, like. Best part of the movie, the sex scene, door flies open, step, 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 like the build-up, the anticipation, and that fucker comes around the corner and just stares at you, like, oh my god, oh my god, too much, I'm sorry, it was too much, that that guy was too much for this film, I, I think I need to know more about him. His name was Peter Bark. His he was like late twenties, early thirties when they shot the movie, and he had some kind of fucked up glandular problem that made him look like a shriveled up little weirdo. Yes. <laughs> and, and because they couldn't hire an actual 
10 or 12 year old boy to chew on that lady's boob because right. of labor laws. They're like, hey, <laughs> let's get the circus freak instead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, does Italy really have child labor laws? I bring that up for another movie we're going to talk about later. Um, Apparently, they draw the line at chewing on boobs. I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for those who don't know, um, like this woman has, it's supposed to be a child. What would you say his age is supposed to be? Like 10 think, or something? Yes, yeah, so I, so I think he's probably supposed to be around 10 or 12 years old. Yeah. And there is some, there, you know, it starts off rather um, innuendo about, you know, really what is really going on between this uh, mother and son. He kind of loves his mother a little too much, but... It really gets off the rails there after a while. Yeah, he walks in on her having sex with this dude. And, and like, she tries breastfeeding him. He's 10 years old, and she tries breastfeeding him at one point in the movie. But by then, he's like a zombie and just bites her nipple off. Awesome. And I'll tell you what, man. This movie would be forgotten if it wasn't for, for Peter Bark in this movie. <laughs> he made this movie. He put this movie on the map. So... Is he still around? I think he passed away. Let me double yeah. check. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure whatever uh, malady he had was uh, shortened his lifespan considerably. But uh, right, that's it. Usually does. I'm having a hard time finding him now on IMDb. Well, you're looking for that. What's, what's anyone's favorite kill from the movie? I am particularly fond of the uh, the lady who leans out the window. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Oh, my yeah. God. That was very zombie-like. Yeah. And it takes, like, yeah. ten hours for him to do it. Like, I would have just told my... Like, that would have gotten it's away. It's like the smoothest... It's like her neck's made out of butter or something. <laughs> like, there's no spinal cord there at all to hack through. <laughs> This is ridiculous. He's a two thousand year old zombie made of moldy potato buds. And he can't lift his arm that fast, so it takes a while to reach up there with that scythe. And <laughs> there is like some bad, like really bad continuity in this. Like, there's this one scene where this girl gets her fucking leg caught in a bear trap. Yeah. Which, first of all, why the hell is there a fucking bear trap in this, like, <laughs> fancy, exotic garden? Like, why, why is there a bear trap in Italy? They don't fucking have bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like, she gets her fucking leg caught in there, and then, and then, like, afterwards, she's walking around just fine. Like, you, you just had your leg in a bear trap. And she's walking around. <laughs> adrenaline. Adrenaline. <laughs> she's also had the worst dubbing. Because I was watching this pretty loud in my office. And when she's, like, in pain, it's more like ecstasy. Like, she's, oh, oh, oh. Like, it was the worst. Like, the dub was awful. Because it, it just did not match up with what her, you know, her face was giving. So, I don't, I don't yeah. know where they got that at. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like oh, the other the other thing that's straight out of zombie is like this one kill where um I forget which girl it is, but one of the ladies in there like the zombie pulls her hair like into this sh sharp thing of glass. It's like oh, yeah. 
copying the 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 splinter kill from from zombie. Yeah. But instead of wood, it's glass. But it's the same fucking kill. Yeah. Basically. Straight through the eyeball and. <laughs> Heavily borrowed from, for sure. Yeah. I cannot find when he passed. If 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 he's even passed away, I can't find. Maybe anything. he is still alive. Maybe and he he's right oh. behind you. Oh, oh shit! Man. I don't see him. Oh, I gotta look down. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> With that look on his face, he still looks the same. <laughs> Although I'll tell you, I've always I always said that he 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 looks like a shriveled up uh, Dario Argento, and <laughs> on his IMDb page. They refer to him as a diminutive Dario Argento. <laughs> That's awesome. Very, very awesome. <laughs> I thought he looked like a yeah. I thought he looked like an Oompa Loompa out of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Dario Argento Shranky Dink. They left him in the oven too long. Yeah. <laughs> Just add water, and you'll get a full-grown Dario Argento. Oh boy! Yeah. Wow, we're we're hitting this kid guy hard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love him though. I I seriously want to get you that T-shirt I sent a picture of. <laughs> Would you wear it if I bought it for you? If I was blind, so I didn't have to look at it or or not look in a mirror and see it. Jesus, <laughs> big old googly eyes staring back that at case, you. It's it's piercing. <laughs> Next Halloween costume or something. <gasps> Dude, you got to. <laughs> That's really obscure. <laughs> and too scary. I could put shoes on my knees and walk on my knees. There you go. Get yourself like one of those Dario Argento wigs or something. <laughs> oh, boy. Man. So good. So good. I heard from Terry in a while. Did you see it, Terry? Or she's gone she now, too. Out, she, yeah. Of course, every time. Oh, every time. Did you ever see this one, Jason? Nope. Okay. I've um, only seen pictures of that kid, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, kid guy. Again, like, <laughs> yeah. he made this movie uh, a cult classic. Just for just because of him. Because there are t-shirts out there that's like Peter Bark fan club and it's got his big old googly eyed stare so if all else fails how's somebody weird looking in your movie yep (laughs) that's the key because there's really nothing else to set this apart from the nine million (laughs) other italian zombie movies if it weren't for that dude and his super creepy relationship with his mom (laughs) no one would remember it at all it would just be another thing but yeah it's like famous now so speaking of Inappropriate children in Italian <laughs> movies. I want to move on to Wild Beasts. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh my God. Okay. Um, mm. Is there? Has anybody else seen Wild Beasts? Yes. No. This is like one. Wait, you sound so deflated. There. I was going to say, I'm all for all of them. Don't just, worry. Yes, I fucking. T- <laughs> this is one of my new favorite Italian movies. It combines two of my favorite things: Animals Gone Wild movies and <laughs> Italian <laughs> films. Man. Oh, I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was worried you were going to say underage near nudity there for a minute. No, 
that that about ruined the movie for me. It really did, and it's right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it, what the hell's up with that? That that creeped me the f out, man. Like it right at the beginning of the movie, we we're introduced to um, this preteen girl character that we see throughout the movie. And her introduction into the movie is her hopping out of bed and putting a shirt on in mid-putting the shirt on. So we're, we get full-on preteen side boobage. It is just like inches away from seeing nipple. It was very disturbing and creepy. Not and good. running around her apartment in her underwear putting pants on. I'm like, I should. St- I need to stop watching this right now. Well, it was made by Franco Prosperi, who was one of the makers of the Mondo Kane series, and he was an utter fucking slime ball. He was one of the people that uh, Ruggiero Deodato was lampooning in Cannibal Holocaust. To what uh, extent he was successful in that is, you know, <laughs> that that'll, that debate will rage forever. But yeah, Prosperi was a gross, gross dude, and it does not surprise me at all that he would put something like that in one of his movies just to up the. I don't know, shock value, get people to talk about it. I guess. I mean, I I just literally, I could not stand that character throughout the whole movie just because I couldn't, because I couldn't even look at her. Like, when she's in the ballerina school and now she even looks even younger, you know, like in that yeah. little ballerina outfit, I'm like, you look like you're 10 now and I almost saw your boobs. I can't watch you. You go away. Get out of this movie. Yeah. Give, give me more elephants crashing through walls. Man, Terry came back right at the wrong <laughs> time to hear that sentence. I don't know what's happening. We're talking about Wild Beasts. Did you see that one? Oh, I have not seen okay. this one. Do you like cats? Yeah, that was another hard part. Because <laughs> if you do, you might not want to watch it. There's a lot of real animal violence in this one. Some rats Aww. attack. Yeah. Some rats attack a cat. You don't actually see them finish the job, but presumably they did not bother to intervene once they had uh, wrapped their shot. Um, it's not as bad as the cat scene in Men Behind the Sun. Oh, I was I just gonna—I was just thinking of that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say not nearly as bad as that one. That movie is icky. It's. Uh, has anyone else icky. seen that one? It, it's really good. It's just hard to watch. It's uh, a a uh, Hong Kong-made movie about the Japanese biological weapons testing unit seven thirty-one. Uh, during World War II, they captured a lot of uh, Chinese and I think some other nationalities too and were doing some experiments on them that made some of the stuff the Nazis did look fun by comparison. Yeah, it's it, and that's and it's all that's all it is. There's like very little story. It just goes from one torture scene to the next, basically. And there's one scene where they take a real cat and throw it into a room with real rats in it and just watch the rats tear the cat apart. Yeah, and that go that one goes all the way to the end. Yeah, it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. There's also an awesome scene where they stick a dude in a hyperbaric chamber and crank the pressure up yeah. so high that his intestines blow out of his ass. Yeah, I know Jason's seen that one. I showed him that back in high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our second date and you're showing me <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> But uh, in Wild Beasts, there's also some rats being flamethrowered to death, and some from some very lingering shots on what are clearly real rats running around on fire, trying yeah. to not be on fire anymore and not succeeding. <laughs> Man, yeah, the sad parts to it for sure. Yeah, the animal cruelty stuff. It's it's too it's too much. But there's I still think there's a lot of fun in this movie if oh, you yeah. can really get past all that. 
Like, again, when I saw the trailer for it, I knew I had to watch it. Uh, when you had an elephant crashing through a, crashing through a wall, a brick wall. I'm like, sold. <laughs> or the... The cheetah trying to chase down the woman that's driving away in her car. That was absolutely my favorite part. Like, that is, I mean, not quite on the level of, like, Brian Trenchard Smith Ozploitation car stunt stuff, but that was a cool-ass chase scene. And that chick's yeah. in, the, in the convertible at the top down, and the cheetah's chasing her, and she, like, ramps over all those cars and fucking tears the cab completely off that one car. And then I thought for sure that was supposed to be like, okay, she's crashed and that's the end of the scene. Nope, she's still fucking going on the other side and the cheat is still after her. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's it's a crazy movie. So basically the premise is um, uh, all the animals around town start going crazy and start killing people, start hunting humans basically. All the animals break out of the local zoo, so now you got the streets littered with like cheetahs and but it's every animal. So you got like the rats attacking people that are making out in cars. And you come to find out that um PCP or not PCP, what was uh Yeah it was PCP. Oh PCP? Okay. Yeah. PCP was put into the water supply. And it's affecting all the animals. And apparently, as we learn, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, affecting small children. Um, doesn't affect any humans, any uh, adults. Yeah, fucking small children aren't humans. But... Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're not Not at all. Um, they, they don't affect any adult human beings, but they, it, you know, it affects children and, and all animals. Unless no adults were drinking water that day, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so. It's Italy, they all drink wine. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> so it's just full on, and and it's you know full on animals gone wild, but in an urban setting, which is which is unique as well. So I yeah yeah, if you can look past some of the uh, more real disturbing aspects of the movie, there's there's a lot of fun still to be had. I thought you know if you're a fan of Italian genre cinema you're used to the animal stuff by now yeah it just kind of comes with the territory yeah as much it's as a, i hate seeing it i can i i've watched so much of it over the years that i can disconnect from it you know yeah mm-hmm. so but man talk about you know the old adage of don't work with children and animals prosperity's like give me a whole bunch of kids and every fucking animal because <laughs> <laughs> there's i mean it, you know it's all real stuff there's not a lot of uh prosthetic animal things you know there's like the fake elephant foot and you get some of the the fake rats that eat the people in the car but like that cheetah thing like how the fuck i mean i suppose they just dangled some steak off the (laughs) rear bumper but like they got a cheetah to chase a car down the street doing like 50 miles an hour that's pretty impressive and that elephant crashing through the wall when it first happened i kind of figured it was going to be like a taxidermied elephant head on a battering ram that they just plowed no it's the real elephant yeah they actually got an elephant it's like just plowed right through that wall mm-hmm. so yeah the, the stunt work in the movie both with the animals that probably were not protected as they should have been yeah. and like i said with some of the car stunts and stuff like yeah it's a pretty exciting action-filled movie yep definitely definitely dustin would you else have to say about it um did we ever learn where that pcp came from <laughs> No, as a matter of fact, that whole revelation of the PCP like happens in like the last what twenty thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, 
And and it's never mentioned again after that. It's like, oh shit, we didn't explain why these animals are attacking. Okay, it's PCP in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't like it. It was probably a little bit too hard for me to get over past some of the animal stuff and, um, you know, the the whole girl thing. Um, yeah. But I, I, I was able to look past it and I actually finished it and... I just didn't think it was solid enough. Uh, I think Brian said it best when he said it's like Day of the Animals, but with gore. And that's true, but I like Day of the Animals way better. Yeah. Oh, I do. Honestly, I do too, but that movie, that movie is always going to hold a special place in my heart. It's from the same guy who directed Grizzly. Right. It's it's batshit crazy, and you get Leslie Nielsen shirtless fighting a bear. <laughs> That's all, you know, I could watch an hour and a half of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Has anyone read Harry Adam Knight's original Carnosaur novel that the movie was, well, quote-unquote based on, but basically Carmen just bought the title and then made it a completely different movie? Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. Day of the Animals really reminded me of that novel, which uh, the plot of that involves a whole bunch of different species of dinosaurs breaking out of some rich guy's private zoo. Basically, like, you know, Michael Jackson had his little private zoo. Some rich British dude decided, yeah, tigers are boring. I want to clone dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So it was just he had a bunch of dinosaurs caged up on his estate. And it's been such a long time since I've read it. I don't. I, they probably just got out because they're dinosaurs and they do that. Um, but you know, so you've got all these different scenes of like, you know, in this movie, you have different animals, uh, using their, their most famous traits to, for their particular scene. So like, you've got the cheetah chasing a car down, you've got the elephant plowing through walls and all this kind of stuff. And so in that book, you've got like, uh, an ankylosaurus fighting a tank battalion and a plesiosaur attacking people on a on a cruise ship on a canal and that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a lot of similarities there. And it's a really fun book. I would recommend reading it. But. Cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, Wild Beasts. I think it's... In- in full entirety on YouTube as well. Oh yeah, it is. That's where I watched it. So, you can find it there. Um, yeah. What other films, guys? What else? We gotta talk about Uninvited, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure do. <laughs> Tell us about Uninvited, Dustin. This movie is about a cat. Within a cat that has a poisonous bite. What? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a cat inside a cat. It, it makes even less sense that it's not so much poisonous as that it gives you fast acting turbo cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Uh, a cat escapes from some kind of science study place. Um,. It gets on a boat and it terrorizes uh, some mobsters and some uh, teenagers. I think it's it's it walks a fine line, obviously, because it's very cheesy, from being good and being terrible. Um, it walks that line. Uh, I I did enjoy it. 
I had seen this before, and I actually saw this on USA way back a long time ago, and and really liking it. And watching it, I, I actually uh, purchased it. Well, didn't purchase, but are doing the Shutter trial so I could watch this because I really <laughs> wanted to see it again. I had no idea that Clue was in it uh, until I watched it again, which was cool because he was hilarious as always. always. Um, but yeah, it's like a cat within a cat, and it comes out through its mouth, and uh, sometimes it it lurches so far you can see the arm uh, of the person puppeteering it. And oh yeah, like especially in that scene where it attacks the guy in the back in the back of the yeah, pickup truck. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was great. I thought it's good. I mean, oh yeah, it was a it was a fun movie. Definitely fun to watch with a bunch of friends. There's entertainment in all the scenes. The, the 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 main bad guy uh, is just such a smooth talker that um, he's very interesting to listen to. I mean, all the bad guys are. You, George Kennedy is always amazing. Um, and then, of course, Clue. So I really liked it. I don't know if anybody else got to see it or not, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh, some friends who also do review blogs and I actually did a, a George Kennedy tribute roundtable when he died earlier this year, and this was the one that I covered for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he he visibly does not want to be in this movie. No, like, oh god, like, no, yeah, he's just collecting a car payment because he's like, because <laughs> I mean, I know that his character is supposed to be kind of this this shitty cranky old mobster who doesn't want to be on the boat with his annoying kids but i don't think he's acting oh, no. i think I he's think just so pissed off at everyone for having to be in this movie he's I probably just, pissed yeah. off for having to do that scene where he's infected because that his performance there shaking on the couch was was <laughs> insane that would have been embarrassing that was probably his favorite part because it meant he'd get the fuck off the set and didn't have to be in the movie anymore. <laughs> Unless they shot it first. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably his first day. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed this movie. It felt like something you would have seen like back in the day, like at three o'clock in the morning when you're like half asleep. It just had like a very like dreamlike vibe to it. I love that every time they show the cat, and not the shitty cat puppet, but like the actual cat that mm. is clearly played by several different cats of varying yeah. shades <laughs> of that color and different hair lengths. And yeah. sizes. That no, yeah, that no matter what it's doing, like the camera could be looking at, and it's looking straight into the camera, and you see that it's calm and it's not doing anything. Its mouth is closed. No matter when they show the cat, every single time, no matter what it's doing, it's always going. (laughs) There's so much cat noises in this movie that sometimes uh, it, it's just a, it's it. You don't even see the cat in the scene, and it's just two people talking. Having having dialogue that you would think may be important, but you can't hear it because there's cat noises. <laughs> you think there's important dialogue in this movie? That's cute. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't hear it over the goddamn cat. Get into the Caymans. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's got it's got George Kennedy. You know, we we're talking about it, and it. You know, like the the demon cat. I keep calling it a demon cat whenever I refer to this movie, but the demon cat is blatantly a hand puppet. Like it's so obvious, it's a hand puppet. It's like right up there with like uh, 
like munchies or yeah. um yeah yeah it's it's like the rat monkey in dead alive or something <laughs> oh it rat monkey's even... way better than this um, yeah. well, it doesn't rat, even rat look like rat like a puppet stuff. doesn't even yeah <laughs> It's, and it it's, doesn't even look like a cat when it's a puppet. Like it's it, like it Hobgoblin's like version of like puppeteering. It's it's really that bad, and like and then you have scenes where it's obviously like a toy boat in a in a bucket when it's supposed <laughs> to be like a wide shot of the yacht rocking in the waters. Um, we're talking about it like it's on that level of like Hobgoblin's level of filmmaking, but. It's got George Kennedy and Clue Gallagher in it, and and it's shot fairly decently. Yeah. Great on Clark was one of those filmmakers from that era, kind of in the same school as like uh, Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynarski, that, you know, he worked with very little money, and, you know, it's not like a lot of his stuff was passion projects. A lot of the time he was just, you know, people would hire him because he could bring a script in on time and on budget. And you know, so there's there's just enough technical acumen behind the scenes to make it feel like you're almost watching a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it has a it has a, a higher quality than a lot of Wynorski or Fred Olin Ray movies. If you take out all the bad cat foley and the cat puppets and the uh, and the the toy boat miniature scenes. Um, you actually have what looks to be a, a fairly, at least, competent-looking movie. You know? Yeah, well lit. It's and actually shot on a boat, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you need those miniature shots? Because hiring another boat to shoot the first boat from <laughs> is expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <clears throat> Oh, that goddamn demon cat puppet. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. How many cats do you think they killed in making this? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, like, like the cat at the end, it's not even the same color or <laughs> hair. Yeah, it's, a, it's a black cat. Yeah. Short <laughs> it morphs from a yellow cat with long hair to a black cat with short hair. Maybe that's yeah. part of its experiments that it can like change, like its breed of cat. <laughs> <It's> so... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> like no. this, the movie starts out with this cat escaping from this medical research facility, and I'm thinking I'm watching like some '60s Disney movie, live action Disney movie, like <laughs> that darn cat or Cat from Outer Space or yeah. whatever. <clears throat> <laughs> This is just a cat. It's a cute cat. You can accept the fact that a demon cat comes out of the inside of this cat, but you, the fact that that cat changes color sometimes bothers you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my favorite shots are when the demon cat's crawling back into the cat's mouth. That's, <laughs> that's just awesome. And Oh, and I want to jump back to the scene again with the, uh, with the cat demon cat puppet attacking the guy in the pickup truck and that <laughs> pickup truck goes off that bridge and rolls down that hill uh, again really bad fully um there is 12 at uh, 12 to 13 sounds of glass breaking <laughs> that truck's got what four windows yeah and, and about 15 of them break yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and so much so like right at the end when the car it almost sounds like it's a uh break glass m- remix like <laughs> it, it almost like does a wicka wicka at one you know you think it's it's crazy that's probably that's that was probably the most annoying thing of for me this whole movie was just the awful foley i mean you know not just the random cat noises through the entire film but just like all foley in that movie was just horrendous it was somebody's first day on the job there. I've got a question. At the end of the movie, when they're in their recovery boat, and they keep getting attacked by it, and they empty the money out of their suitcase into a bag, and then they throw the suitcase into the water to, like, give it a raft to float on? Like, I don't understand. That last shot of it, it's just like the puppet on the... On the suitcase, floating in the water. Like, I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Can't tell. Nobody did. Okay. Okay. I say, all right. Like, to, to, to make it survive, is there an uninvited two? Like, That'd be awesome. PF will make that. Yeah, let's do it. I'll make, I can make a shitty ass cat puppet. Yeah. <laughs> The thing, though, too, with that cat puppet, you see it crawling out of the mouth or crawling back into the mouth. The the dummy cat that it, you know, the mouth that's crawling in actually looked pretty good. So why can't they do a better job with that cat puppet? Yeah. Well, they started with the dummy cat first, and then it just all went downhill. And a dollar fifty left to make the cat puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So crazy. So crazy. I remember when you first heard about this movie uh-huh. from some other podcast, and you're like, dude, you like, you like stop me, and you're like, dude, <laughs> there's this movie where a cat comes out of a cat. <laughs> An evil cat comes out of a good cat to kill people, and I'm like, whatever. And you're like, no. That's what, that's what makes the that's what makes bad movies so much fun is because I don't know if it's a fact that these filmmakers know they can't make a Hollywood picture. Um, a lot of times, I I always feel like you know you get your Birdemics or your Rooms, and those guys who are delusional about what they're making. But what makes that? But it's the sheer fact that there's absolute insanity that goes on in these movies that makes them so compelling you get your filmmakers like Fred Olin Ray that understand that you know, he's not going to be able to compete with Hollywood so he has to put batshit crazy stuff in his movies but then you got people like you know Tommy Wiseau who I th- who I'm pretty sure he thought he was making the new Citizen Kane oh yeah he did have you read The Disaster Artist it's no uh, it's I amazing that book forever. Greg Sestero wrote a sort of tell-all book about them making the room and it's one of the best books about film that i think i've ever read it's really good awesome yeah i've always wanted to read that book and it's been commissioned to be a film too like, yeah they're uh, already shooting it james yeah. franco is uh i almost said jess franco <laughs> james franco <laughs> is playing tommy Wiseau. which perfect yeah anyway but uh yeah, so so I ask all you guys my question here: what att- what attracts 
What attracts us to bad movies? Or more importantly, what attracts Brian and me to these bad movies? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jason? Oh. Um, like, it, this, I'm pretty sure you of all people have had to have thought about this question for a long time, putting up with my shenanigans. I think I stopped trying to figure it out when I knew there wasn't a fucking answer, because it makes no damn sense to me. I'd have to ask your therapist about it. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the whole the whole point of it. The, to Sorry to cut in. No, I... Th- like, I think the whole point is that you don't have to think about it. Like, you can just cut loose, you just give up on the movie and just have fun with it. And I think it's kind of an escape, maybe, in many ways. Yeah, there's, there's no investment. I mean... Yeah, exactly. So, if it sucks, who cares? You had fun, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? For me, that and that's what it is, man. These movies are fun. Just because they are so crazy, and whether it's the fact that the storylines are outrageous, the concepts are so bizarre, or the filmmaking is so inept that it's 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 like a fun it's a fun ride for me. It's and it's different. It's something it's something uh, you know when you watch a movie like freaking Uninvited. I've never seen anything like that before. A cat crawling out of another cat, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a uh, like a gambling thing. Like you're kind of looking for that hidden treasure through all the the trash, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you just never know what you're going to get. That's for, sure, that's for damn sure with these movies, yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think attracts us to these type of movies? Well, um, I don't. I guess I've never, never put a lot of thought into why I like some of this kind of stuff. Like, um, I've talked at great length with uh, a close friend of mine about why we watch the really gruesome stuff the you know the cannibal holocaust type the sleazy stuff mm-hmm. and it's sort of a, a morbid desire to just to you know you get jaded and uh, like you're talking about you've seen enough italian movies with animal violence that you uh, can look past it and the more of that kind of stuff you watch the more you need to get a shock so you keep digging to the point where you wonder if you wind up in some scummy little bodega someday looking at at movies and the guy says you know, come in the back, I've got something you might really like, and you have kind of an inkling that it might be a snuff film, <laughs> would you go in there? And I I don't know. But as far as the just the outrageously uh, trashy, silly, stupid, bad movies, um, you know, the worst crime a movie can commit is to be boring. Yeah. And mm-hmm. say what you will about any of the movies we've talked about tonight, none of them were boring. No. no. <laughs> and, and it's and I guess it's it's sort of a another variation on the theme of that desire to find the next roughest most upsetting movie is it's a desire to find the next like okay, I've seen some crazy shit. What else is out there? Because that's part of the fun of loving these kind of movies is just when you think, okay, I've seen Boxer's Omen, I've seen Seventh Curse. I've seen the craziest things that are out there. 
that there could be nothing else that will surprise me, nothing else that can make me laugh out loud in in uh, complete awe at what I'm seeing. And then every once in a while you find one, and it sort of reminds you why you love this stuff. It's like a rejuvenation, so it's just... Yeah, it, it's always just a hunt for the next greatest wacky ass thing that you then have to share with your friends. Like, oh my god, you guys come over to my house. You have to see this fucked up movie I just watched. <laughs> so, yeah, it's and and you, you kind of feel like you're uh, part of a, a, a I don't want to say exclusive club because anyone can find these movies, but like most people don't. Most people don't get it. So it's kind of something special. Um, and you know when when it started becoming really cool to like this kind of stuff, maybe around ten years ago or so, when when like everyone rediscovered Troll Two, I'm like, oh my god, this is the worst movie ever made! Like, you know, so all of the the hipsters coming out of the woodwork saying, oh yeah, I like bad movies. Like, you haven't fucking seen bad movies, and I realize that yeah. totally sounds like <laughs> a hipster. That totally sounds like a hipster thing to say too. But it's like, no. Watch Nuki sometime if you think <laughs> Troll 2 is bad, you know? <laughs> totally. Exactly. What's yeah. Nuki? It's a, a an American-German South African co-production E.T. knockoff. Oh, I've seen it! I've <laughs> seen that movie! It's about like, kids in like, Africa that, like... Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. And, and the two aliens get separated, so there's like yes. one who befriends the kids, and there's one who's stuck in a lab, and the one stuck in the lab the whole time is going, Nuki! Nuki! <laughs> like it's calling out to its brother to come save it. Jesus, watch- that movie is shit. Oh, man. I watched that a lot as a kid. I, that movie. <laughs> That's not a good thing, I guess. And, and talk about some messed up looking puppet creatures too. God <laughs> damn, those things are hideous. It's on Hulu. Yeah, yep. it is. Oh man. He, he said knowing Mike was going to strap him to a chair and make him watch it. <laughs> <laughs> damn straight. Um, well, I've got one more on the original list um, to kind of talk about. Um, it's known under many titles. Crawlers. Troll <laughs> 3. One of several. Yeah. Um, it's most commonly known as Contamination 7. About killer tree roots or vines or something. I don't know. Oh, it was all did. in Italy when I, yeah. Italian when I watched it. So who wants to tell us about uh, Contamination 7? Uh, if Give me just a second here. I don't have any notes on it, but I actually did a review of it for my blog many oh, nice. months ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, the, there wasn't a version I could find that had any sort of English yeah, me neither. subtitles it, it, to watch it. <laughs> it was one of the first movies I ever added to my queue on Netflix. Uh, when I like, they had it the the English dub version on there forever. So I went into it thinking, "Hey, a movie about nuclear mutant trees killing people, and it's made by Joe D'Amato. That can't go wrong." And it turns out that no matter how long you've been watching this stuff, there are still lessons to learn. And that naivete you have when you first start on your personal cinemasochistic adventure can rise up and bite you in the ass. Joe D'Amato's never failed to entertain me before, but he did it with this movie. It sucks. 
it's 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 a so bad it's bad movie. Uh, there's a small town girl named Josie is returning to her home uh, on a bus, and uh, there's a scientist in the town named Taylor who's working for the local nuclear power plant, and uh, he's reporting that there's a radiation leak in the surrounding woods and it's killing off all the trees. Uh, but the the main source of the contamination, why it's called contamination point seven, I have no idea, is is coming from somewhere other than the power plant. Um, so they they eventually discover that uh, the the nuclear power plant has been um, trying to save money by disposing of its barrels and barrels and barrels of toxic waste by just dumping them out in the woods, and they make the trees come to life and kill people. Um, there's really only one gore scene in it. The a sheriff gets. Uh, skewered through the mouth by a, a living root tentacle, and then it pops out of his eye. Uh, and that's kind of neat, but really, that's about it. Um, the uh, the the solution to the problem is that uh, the cleanup crew is going to go out, and you know they they've. Or they get a bunch of the townspeople together. Excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to remember this, and I've watched it a really long time ago. <laughs> um, the, the townspeople, just wearing, like, wife beaters and blue jeans and stuff, uh, they go out with garden tools and pickup trucks and dig up nearly 100 barrels of nuclear waste so potent that it caused the surrounding trees to come to life and eat people. Uh, but there's another kind of non-character named Brian, who is the grandson of one of the first victims, who didn't do much but get yelled at for not being a local boy anymore throughout most of the movie, who got fed up with being verbally abused and just left. And just as it looks like the woefully unprepared cleanup crew is going to get shredded by the angry vegetation, he makes his triumphant return with a team of bulldozers. And they just run over all the nasty vines and rebury the barrels that they were just trying to dig up and haul away because they're full of evil toxic waste that turned the trees into man-eating creatures. And now they've all been run over by a bunch of bulldozers, so even more shit is going to leak out. Uh, the, the bulldozers, you see a few real bulldozers, so like they had some on set for the movie, and yet when they rebury those leaking toxic waste barrels at the end, they're represented by toys. And uh, I'm not just being dismissive of bad model work, because <laughs> being a fan of kaiju movies like I am, I can appreciate a good bit of model work where people will fob it off as toys and cardboard buildings, and I find that really annoying. But these are seriously like D'Amato sent one of his production assistants, assistants to Shopco to buy some Ertl bulldozer toys which aren't even the same models as the real ones they use. So kind of like the cat changing <laughs> cats a bunch of times and uninvited. It's like you can just about see the the people's fingers pushing these little toy bulldozers around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, originally this was meant to be the second sequel in the Troll franchise, apparently, because it was released as Troll 3 in some markets. And... There are other movies that also were released as Troll 3. One of them is, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of the Ator movies. Uh -uh. Uh, the second one was done on Mystery Science Theater under the title of Cave Dwellers. They were sort of 
uh, more Joe D'Amato made stuff. They were Italian Conan the Barbarian ripoffs. There's a fourth Ator movie that is also called Troll 3, even though it's a Conan movie. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Well. So I take it no one else has seen this one. (laughs) I have not seen it. That might be a good thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, might have dodged the yeah, no, bullet on that one. Yeah, it, it's it's. I was digging for it. I tried to find a version. I thought for a minute just trying to watch it without, uh, you know, just just watching it with their language, just to see how much I could pick up without uh, without knowing what they were saying. But uh, that wasn't going to happen. Not not on a bad movie. Well, since it's utterly stupid and nonsensical, there wasn't really much to pick up. <laughs> it's terrible. And thanks so much to Mike for bringing up a movie that I didn't have notes for and then sticking me with talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, he's good at that. Anybody have any other good turkeys? Oh, I got tons of them. But I wanted to save them maybe for next time when everyone else could have seen some of them. Because otherwise we just wind up with me rambling. Has anyone else seen this movie called Slash Dance? Mm -mm. Dang it. I think John had seen it, but he didn't come on, of course. I was hoping someone else would have seen it. I mean, hello, the title is even awesome. Slash dance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's pretty silly. It's on YouTube. You should check it out if you want. It's basically about this uh, female cop who goes undercover at, like, this dance production where there's like some serial killer keeps murdering all of these dancers and the best part is all of the weird side characters like there are these couple of weird like criminals that are like her her cis that they're just completely insane it's just it's weird but it was a lot of fun i had i had a good time watching it for sure slash dance (laughs) Good title. Heck yeah. There wasn't that I recall any weird uh, pull the rope and pour the water all over myself scene like flash dance, but so there weren't any like super direct ties to that movie per se. That seems like a wasted opportunity where they could have had some pull the rope and blood poured on them. Right? Yeah, you're totally right, but they did not do that. Surely there's some sort of movie that's ripped that off at some point, though. Had to. Well, it, <laughs> if not, remember. then make it. <laughs> <laughs> there's the there's the flash dance scene, and I forget if it's the first or second one, but Gremlins. <laughs> oh. But it's not the whole movie. <laughs> uh, true. Sammy, you got any other turkeys you want to talk about? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I'm all tricked out. <laughs> Tryptophan is kicking in. Exactly. <laughs> well, should we maybe start thinking about getting on to shout outs? Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> 
Well, all right, then I guess uh, we'll take a little break and uh, time for a little intermission. And when we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. And we're back from segment or from <laughs> our break. And it's segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And we're gonna start off as we always do with some shout-outs. It's time for shout-outs! All right, so, S, we all know horror movies that are so bad, they're actually kind of good. What are yours? Read them on the show, and has a lot of fun people reply. Looks like a lot of replies. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, there might even be some that didn't understand the question, too. That's never some of your favorite. Nothing <laughs> as crazy as the last episode, but... What's that t-shirt say? Yeah, again? what's our t-shirt again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at guessing the sex of babies, so I stick to ghosts or something like that. I, st- <laughs> I stick to ghosts because I'm not good at guessing the sex of babies. Something like that. I'll have to go back and listen to it again so we can get that shirt printed correctly. That's right, we right. do. No. Uh, just look at Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway, that. so Tad Good. <laughs> Tad! Hey, buddy, Tad. He says, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. That counts because that movie is atrocious. Uh, but it's that's garbage day. It's one, garbage right? day. Garbage day. Maybe that's what we should start calling this annual episode. Yep. Garbage, garbage day. Garbage day. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Maybe people understand that better. We can use the sound bite from it and all that fun uh-huh. stuff. Did you, did anybody ever see the uh, fake? Um, yes. Like any the fake NES video game on video on YouTube for for Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two. They like pixelated scenes from the movie and made it look like an old NES game. Put the <laughs> music. Oh, it's hilarious because it's got garbage, dude. and it's like a robotic garbage day. <laughs> like a compressed yep. audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd love it. <clears throat> okay, and uh, we had Casey Bates. He says Green Inferno. Okay. That was a pile of shit, alright. It's a bad, bad oh, <laughs> Mike wants yeah. to like it so bad. I liked it. Oh no, guess what his next one yeah. was? Uh-oh. Neon Maniacs. <laughs> He's right. But that's it, a fun one, right? It's good. It's, it's not one of it's it's literally I, I I think I have to finally admit it's literally one of my all time favorite movies as many times as I've watched it. Yeah. <laughs> but I recognize and I warned you guys too when we had that movie party and maybe we made y'all watched it. I was actually nervous to let you guys see it because I love the movie so much and oh. I didn't want oh. And so I warned you guys, it's like technically it's not a good movie. So but I've been ranting and, about it for years. And it's such and what an happened. And you all loved it. Yes. That's right. We even did a, a commentary for it. That was that the missing one? No. Oh, is that you one? You just don't remember it? You blacked out. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just want to redo it. You just want to do another one. He also <laughs> says humanoids from the deep. Nice. Resident Evil series. 
Those are just bad. Those are just bad. <laughs> Don't go into the woods alone. Ow. It's her daughter's favorite. Oh, is that the one where like the killer's got like psychic powers or something? I think he's just like a mountain man. I don't remember having psychic powers. Okay, it's not the one I'm. Th- it's probably not the one I'm thinking of then, because it really, for most of the movie, doesn't really even take place in the woods. So like, the title didn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's got Linnea Quigley in it, and he forces her to be his wife or something like that. Oh no, I don't think this has Linnea Quigley in it, and most of it does take place in the woods. So okay, well, what am I thinking of? Off the, off the several of the woods movies. Yeah. And lastly, he says Friday Five. Oh, see, mm. see. All right. <laughs> so that totally gave, made me think of an honorable mention for just a bad, bad one. Okay. Don't look in the basement. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely bad. this year's bad, turkey bad, for bad. you, right? Yeah. Oh, that's one of my proudest moments, right there. Tricking Terry into watching. <laughs> I honestly almost rented Don't Look in the Basement 2 from Family Video the other day. But oh, it was checked out. Oh, so. bummer. <laughs> so be See, twice you got as the good. bug now, though. Now you're, now you're <laughs> looking for this stuff on your own. Now I'm just hoping that it's the next ones are maybe going to, like, not be quite so bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they always think, Terry. Oh, that, yeah. She's that's in. how they get you. She's in. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'm afraid about this one. It's Derek Johns. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. He's been a long time fan. He says Black Christmas 2006. Oh, 2006. And in parentheses, I can't stand the original. So boring. The fuck? <laughs> There's three. You guys put him up to that, didn't you? Uh-uh. I don't even know him. I can't put him up to anything. <laughs> So he likes the 2006 one, but not the original. That's kind of what... I have purposely stayed away from the 2006 one until I saw a, re- a review on YouTube of it that reviews bad, good movies, and like I'm like so really dying to see you. it now. Yeah, I know, I still haven't watched it, but like, like the color palette just looks amazing from the shots that I've seen, and some of the stuff that goes, in on, goes, goes on in it just sounds freaking crazy so it's one i need to revisit because i had actually i'd seen the remake before i'd seen the original and now that i've seen the original i need to go back and because i I don't really recall it being anything that really struck me as anything special when i watched it forever ago but the original no 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 the remake So I'm saying now that I've seen the original, I need to try the remake again and see if yeah. I appreciate it more. The original. Well, it's so disconnected from the original, though. Like, I th- but you I haven't th- seen it. <laughs> oh, I know enough. I know enough. He thinks a review oh, tells him right. the movie, and he's yeah. yeah. Anyway. Derek also mentions Friday Five. Oh. <laughs> Nice, a lot and, of bad love for Friday Five and Witchboard, to name a few. Oh, I love Witchboard. I know it's great. So I good. Consider that bad? Is it yeah. bad? It's just good. No, it's just good. I need to watch it again. Gavin R. R. Smith says, "Attack of the Beast Creatures." Deadly Eyes. Deadly Eyes. Yeah. 
children shouldn't play with dead things. Well, another one of my all-time favorite movies. It's true. You watch that movie way too fucking much, too. I love that movie. Uh, I, I get it. I you get, get it. where you say you know it's, it's, a, bad. it's a bad movie, but... You've just been hypnotized by Alan Ormsby's pants. Oh, my God, those those pants. Those, that whole <laughs> outfit. All the outfits in that movie, but his especially. <laughs> See? You and your fashion Glorious. sense. Glorious. I think there's just a good chance that about 50% of Mike's favorite movies are going to be turkeys, so yeah. he just needs to accept that. I can accept I can accept Neon Maniacs, and I get I can get behind Colin Chunchun Play With Dead Things, a bad movie, <coughs> just based on like budgetary restraints and quality of the picture, but... It's constru- constructive wise and like performances and and makeup and all that. It's a great fucking movie. And if we're putting it in the same category as stuff like Troll Two and Deathbed, then I do take pro- I do take a problem with that. <laughs> Moving on, we also have Lindsay Noel Lewis says the sequel to Blair Witch. Yeah, I love that movie too. And dear God, <laughs> what's that? Dear God. Not Dear God, no. Did she forget the no? I don't know, maybe. Either that's, that or she's talking about the George Burns movie. That's what oh, I, that could be. <laughs> and she also writes back and says, Oh, and the Paranormal Activity movies, LOL. <laughs> Rude Dog. Rude Dog Ruley says, Personal favorites? Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2. That's where I think the question was misunderstood. Like two, yeah. two, two sucks, but Return of the Living Dead is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yes, one it is. is two. It takes something special to really like it. I mean, what? I mean, it's it's not good, but can be good. One's just good. Oh, you're ta- oh, okay. The second you're one losing me, man. I thought you were talking about one when you were oh, saying no. it's not good. No. One's good, too. See, that's kind of the problem with these questions. It's all kind of a matter of opinion. Like, what do you consider to be bad? No, they're wrong, what do you Terry. consider to be good? <laughs> Mike's well, you know, rule that's of the right. land. That's right. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. What was it Lisa that said the Paranormal Activity movies? Yeah. Which, I'm think, which I'm assuming is a joke, but let's take that out of context there for a minute. And if somebody's saying the Paranormal Activity movies are so bad that they're good... If you're thinking that they're bad, then why do you think they're good? I mean, again, it's not like it's not like watching an Ed Wood movie knowing that this is a poorly made film by a guy who didn't know what he was doing, and yet you still love it. You know, I, like I can also I can get behind somebody saying that the Resident Evil movies are so bad that they're that they're good um, because they're just they're batshit crazy movies that on a traditional storytelling movie level are not good but to say like to say like paranormal activity is a bad movie that's good and i think you're just telling me it's a bad movie and that's like your opinion man <laughs> i don't know ask her moving on we got over it. katie <laughs> katie glidewell says popcorn Mic drop. <laughs> Popcorn. We just watched it. It's so good. Uh, I yeah. get it. Guy gets impaled by a giant, um, giant mechanical uh, mosquito. I get it. Yeah, you could probably throw that in the bad class, but the movie's still fucking awesome. 
Patrick Gunter says Sharknado films. There you go. There you go. Those are obviously bad films, but they're fun to watch. I see those I can't get behind because they're intentionally trying to make a so bad it's good kind movie. You cannot that. manufacture a cult movie. Oh. Contrary. Yeah. I can agree with that statement too. Yeah. Birdemic 2. Birdemic 2. Postal. Ooh, now we're getting to Uwe Boll territory, man. <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't think, and you were talking about Deathbed earlier, too. Like, uh, when a movie is intentionally funny, then it's not. I mean, like, Postal is a comedy. It's a fucked up comedy, but it's a comedy. And so is Deathbed. So well, when, when, when you're laughing at the elements that are designed to make you laugh because they're funny. I, I don't see that as being bad either. Okay. Like, maybe in bad taste, in the case of Postal, certainly. Yeah, definitely. But. Well, okay, so I'm glad you brought this up. I kind of wish you were here last year when we did talk about Deathbed on, on this episode, um, on our annual Turkey episode, because that movie's still an enigma to me. I cannot tell if it is supposed to be comedy or if it's supposed to be straight. Because everything is played... Felt pretty straight. Super straight, but then you get shit like shots of Pepto-Bismol bottles in the, yeah. in the bed fluid. It's And each chapter of the movie is named after a meal. Yeah. It's totally meant to be funny. Because that's, you know, some of the best comedy is played straight. You know, you've got your slapstick stuff, and then you have comedy that arises from the situation you're in. Or in the case of Deathbed, it's like absurdist comedy. But it is definitely meant to be funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's played awfully straight. It's but it's but my thing is is it's got that lampoony style like the jokes in it are lampoony style airplane style type of like jokes, and you can't really play that serious and those jokes land in the same way. Yeah, they, the jokes definitely land weirdly because it's a weird yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where you, you it can, kind you of can throws me You can chalk that up to the fact that it was made in the 70s and they were probably all on a lot of drugs. drugs. Yeah, there you go. Case solved. Those <laughs> drugs. Patrick also mentioned Rawhead Rex. Boo! <laughs> what? I, I love that movie. Oh. But come on. <laughs> you got to admit it's bad. <laughs> I, I will admit that the monster's immobile face is a little bit goofy, but I certain think... scenes the monster goes cross-eyed. Yeah, <laughs> but but a bad monster suit does not make a, and I don't even think it's a bad monster suit. I think it's a cool design. It's Design's just, awesome. Yeah, doesn't just the move the way it should. But execution but, is boring. But a poorly executed monster does not make a bad movie. I would argue that the rest of the movie around the poorly executed monster is actually quite good. Okay. Okay. Man, Mike's been talking shit about that movie for so many years. I've never watched it, but now. Okay. <laughs> you're a talk, shining voice in really the darkness. Well, he probably hates it because it's another Clive Barker movie. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Again, it's not me anymore. So I don't universally hate Clive Barker, although he did sign my autograph wrong, but that's neither here nor there. All right, moving on. <laughs> Matt Dunlap says, since no one else has said it, Troll 2. 
I'm surprised it took this long. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Gerald Martin says, Z-Budget director Nick Phillips's Satan's Black Wedding is bad, but is disjointed enough to give you that icky feeling like watching the cursed videotape from The Ring. Interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I kind of want to see this now. Yeah. And he also says, They Don't Cut the Grass Anymore is a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. But the choices Nathan Schiff make for that movie and the directions he take in it transcend sloppiness to the outright bizarre. That one I've heard of before. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, but I've seen uh, another one of his movies called uh, Long Island Cannibal Massacre. And that wow. one's pretty cool, too. Is Didn't he also make... Uh, Weasels rip my flesh. Weasels rip yeah. my flesh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are making this up. No, it's a real movie, and it's also a Frank Zappa album title. I don't know which came first. Satan's Black Wedding, and they don't cut the grass anymore. Thanks, Gerald. Tim Lennerer says, "Truth or Dare: A Critical Madness." Oh, is that the Tim Ritter movie? Is a, yes. Is a wonderfully failed piece of art directed by an 18-year-old. The slasher is named Mikey. He builds a copper mask at an asylum for the criminally insane that apparently had metal shop classes <laughs> and stabs his way around Florida while obsessing over his girlfriend, who cheated on him years earlier. The score consists of eight notes over and over. Ask Brian Clark what that sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like... Over and over. Yeah, I could have kept going, but no one wants that. The mask, by the way, flaps all over the place whenever Mikey breathes. And the lead actor was a graduate of the Burt Reynolds Acting Theater in Jupiter, Florida. This, You need this movie in your life. It's also got one of the appearances by one of the Backstreet Boys when... Like pre Backstreet Boys when he was just like a kid. Hmm. I think it was a Backstreet Boy. Truth or Dare, a critical madness. But have you seen it? Bits and pieces. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Cool. I'm moving on. We had Justin Jordan say Slashers. Is that the. Steve Railsback movie? Must have been. Sure it wasn't Slash Dance. Would that be sweet? Yeah. Or maybe he just means all slashers. Oh. Dang. <laughs> oh. And no, then, there's a movie called Slashers. And then lastly on Facebook we had Tim Doyle say Bridge on the River Kwai. <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I like that movie. I like it too. I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's pretty it's great. A good movie. It's a classic, and yeah. it's not a horror movie. He <laughs> okay. didn't even read the question. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Over on Twitter, we have nothing. Oh, Come on, Twitterers. Fuck you, Twitter. Hey, it oh. wasn't Twitter that did it. Oh. <laughs> we like Twitter. We love you, Twitter. Anyway, uh, hey, that's shoutouts. Woo! feathers it always came back to the feathers at every one of the murder scenes they were scattered around like filthy lice ridden confetti 
They were what led me to start canvassing local poultry farms, looking for disgruntled workers or maybe a drifter in the area taking a short-term job before moving on. I was beginning to think I'd been wasting my time until I got to Saunders Stock and Grain. Mm -hmm. Big operation, a few miles outside of town. Did a lot of their own slaughtering, sold fancy meats and the like. Everyone there seemed like they were walking on eggshells, if you'll excuse the pun. The workers all clammed up when they saw the badge. Until one night I got a phone call from one of the ladies on the plucking line. It was the usual story. Illegals put to work for a pittance, practically modern-day slavery, in exchange for silence and their wages and cash. Inhuman work hours and conditions that would have to improve by orders of magnitude just to be called hazardous. Well, one day a bunch of the workers got fed up with their treatment and decided to get back at Insane Mike, as they called him behind his back. He'd just beaten one of them near to death with a pipe wrench for tipping a cart full of eggs onto the floor, so his buddies grabbed Mike and threw him into the scalder, where they sort of boil the feathers off of the birds. They got too scared to stay and finish the job, so they ran and left him there screaming with all his skin melting off. The lady told me that there were rumors of a lab in one of the buildings that always stayed under lock and guard, where they did strange genetic experiments trying to engineer a bigger, better bird or some such thing. Some of Mike's men came and took him into that building, talking about skin grafts and stem cells, but none of the workers ever saw him on the floor again after that. Sometimes they'd see movement behind the windows of his office. Sometimes the overnight cleaning crew would swear they were being watched and hear strange noises following them, but no one was there. Then, one by one, the men involved in the altercation that day quit showing up for work. Took a little extra digging since most of them were undocumented, but sure enough, I discovered that those shredded, mutilated bodies we'd been finding littered all over town belonged to the same men. And that's how I came to be here hunted through the barns and brooder houses of Saunders' stock and grain by the feathered abomination that used to be Mike. He's close now. I can hear the click of his talons ringing on the metal floor grating. He lets out a triumphant... <laughs> knowing that soon his secret will be safe once more, and I will be just another victim of Insane's peck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that amazing intro so yes here we are um another insane's pick and what i did was uh in getting ready for this episode as a whole i went back and listened to last year's turkey episode make sure we didn't repeat any of the same films that we talked about um, so I kept uh, all the easy ones off the list, like Deathbed and Troll 2. <clears throat> and with that, I'm like, what did I do for Insane's Picks? Because this episode is a full episode of Insane's Picks. So what did I do? And last year I reviewed a book, um, the Golden Turkey Awards book by mm. Harry Michael Medved. So I'm like, I'm going to do that again this year. And... I'm going to cover another book. So, this just goes to show I've read two books. Yeah. <laughs> this is by Michael Adams. Uh, Michael Adams um, is from Australia, and he's editor for Empire Magazine, has contributed to Men's Style, Rolling Stones, and he went on a quest to try to find the uh, year-long search to try to find the worst movie ever made. 
And he chronologued that in this book called Showgirls, Teen Wolves, and Astro Zombies. What first intrigued me about this book is uh, at the bottom it said, Forward by George A. Romero. So I'm like, oh, George A. Romero wrote something. i gotta, I got to pick this book up. And then when I read that it was a film critic's year-long quest to find the worst movie ever, I'm like, oh, totally sold. Um, <clears throat> so what he had done is he had decided he, uh, he like, spent a shit ton of money and ordered a crap ton of crappy movies and spent a year watching all of these movies to try to determine what the worst movie ever made was and it goes month by month step by step of going through each of these movies so not only is it talking about the movies themselves but it also goes into like some production information like who's the director like he has a he has a lot to say about the guy who directed um roller was it rollerblade or is it rollerblading I can't, because um, all of his movies, the same guy who directed Hell Comes to Frogtown, I forget his name, but he's done a lot of, of crazy-ass movies on rollerblades and whatnot, so um, he had a lot to say about that particular director, uh, and what he did is he, like, to determine which movie he was going to watch each month, he would, he had a, a bingo machine with bingo, bingo balls in it and would, like, spin the, spin the gate and pick a ball and that would determine what movie he would watch so it's a very fun book um obviously a very intriguing book if i made it all the way to the end um with no pictures uh but it, it goes great into all kinds of bad movies uh stuff from like giant spider invasion to lawnmower man 2 um even navy seals for crying out loud um and then even more weirdo stuff like uh, i woke up early the day i died or um the psychotronic man so it, it covers a full spectrum of quote-unquote bad movies and so it's a lot of fun it's a really good read it's a pretty easy read and um i'm not going to spoil the ending on what his thoughts are the worst movie ever but uh if you you know i would check this book out uh showgirls teen wolves and astro zombies nice Cool. Yeah. Two books, man. That's I'm, great. I'm educated. You got a whole year to read another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a year. Um, so that's it. That wraps up this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm kind of sad. Why? I have to wait another year to talk about bad movies that again. That will never stop you. <laughs> oh, that's true. Mm. kind of want to make this like a... Uh, like a... Um, Every other month event. <laughs> this episode was too much fun. On you so can many count levels. on my steel. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so that wraps up this episode of Attack of the Kill Podcast. Hope everybody had a great and wonderful and fulling, filling, fulling, filling uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Christmas is just around the corner. So stay tuned to what to get me for Christmas. And we will talk to you all again next time. Thank you and goodbye. Oh no, could this be the end of... <laughs> wow.